Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Sessions with Sid. I'm excited for today's guest, Kelly Rowland, who is one of my spiritual mentors and one of the most beautiful souls that I've ever had the honor of meeting and working with, and we had such a beautiful conversation that was really this journey that we were both on together and it felt like we left the physical plane for a bit because we were so in flow and all of the topics that we talked about so beautifully wove together and It was such a heartfelt conversation with someone who has had a really positive and powerful impact on my life. And so I'm excited for you to hear Kelly Rowland's perspectives and wisdom and Some of the topics we dive into are the medicine of dance, which dance is a huge passion of both of ours. So it was lovely to talk about dance with Kelly. And we talk about human design, chakras, the energetics of food, which is super fascinating, cacao ceremonies, nature, masculine and feminine energy, and mediumship, and connecting with past loved ones. Kelly is also a psychic and a very powerful one, and so it was really amazing to talk to her about all these different things and more, so I know that you will enjoy the show. And before we dive into the show, I just want to give a shout out to a new podcast supporter, and that is my best friend's new snack bar company, BTR Bars. BTR Bars are the cleanest snack bar that I've ever seen, and I absolutely love them. They taste like cookies. And they have different adaptogens in each of the three bars that just launched. So I highly recommend you check them out. BTR bar. I will have a link in my show notes. And you can use my code SID for 10% off. And I know that you will enjoy them very much. They are my favorite thing. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode with Kelly. Hi, Kelly. I'm so excited to have you on the show. So happy to be here. (laughs) It's going to be such a fun conversation. I have so many things I want to dive into with you today. But before I do, can you please tell everyone who you are and what you're passionate about and what you do in this, in this life. Mm. 
So my name is Kelly Rowland. I have a platform and channel I run called When the Stars Aligned and I'm passionate about passionate about a lot of things but if I were to really sum it up I'm passionate about how much we can be connected to life. So for me that's led me on a path of discovering the things that allow me to feel most connected to life and some key ones there are dance, movement, embodiment, ancient systems like astrology and numerology and the Mayan calendar, um, beautiful earth elements like cacao and essential oils. I am just so passionate about um, heart alchemy is a recent term that's really come through and anything that stimulates and activates the heart to open up to life and to expand and explore and especially in connection with others. So that's a bit of what I do. It's a constantly evolving journey in terms of what do I do. Um, but really at the essence of it all is it's in, it's in service to the healing power of love, whether that's through astrology and human design, dance, embodiment, sensuality, health and wellness. It takes on many different facets and I, um, I'm along for the ride. <laughs> yes, I love it. And you just named off basically all the things I want to talk about <laughs> with you. And for those listening, Kelly is one of my spiritual mentors and I worked with her closely for a few months and it was like, I'm going to start crying because it was some of the most powerful work that I've done. <laughs> the cat is, <laughs> sorry, everyone, <laughs> the cat distracted me, but like some of the most powerful work that I've done in my life and along my spiritual journey and to be able to share that with you. Yeah. It just like almost brings tears to my eyes. And mm -hmm. so thank you. I just want to say that first and foremost and, mm -hmm. and the light that you exude, um, even through just like Instagram, like your energy and your your power um comes through and you impact so many people so i'm so excited to have you <laughs> my heart's overflowing for you sydney and for us and um, the space and thank you so much and you are such a light as well and treasured soul family so Same. receiving all that <laughs> yes thank you so much um yeah, so I I got to work with you in a lot of these different areas of human design and mind astrology and we both love to dance and so I want to talk about all those things and um actually I want to ask you. I feel called to ask you where you feel called to begin if that makes sense. Mm, all right. I'm feeling dance and actually, surprisingly, human design popped in as well. <laughs> Good. So what, so, yeah. yeah, what is, okay, what does dance mean for you? And what does it give you? The first thing that really comes up for me when you ask that, it's, I think of, I saw this symbol of, um, like, the recycling symbol where there's the arrows feeding into each other. And for me, dancing, movement, embodiment, flowing with dance is 
like playing my part in the greater ecosystem of life. So I'll chunk the time, that's kind of like a poetic way of putting it, but when I dance and I allow myself to open to dance, it's like I get to be a part of the life process in my own body. And a big part of it for me is emotions. Um, I've always been very, um, and I think most of us are, I think everyone's an empath, right, to some extent, but I've always been very um, emotionally charged, whether that was like high vibe and intensity and joy or deep feeling and like melancholic. And dance for me is like this cycle of composting where I can take the experience of life, let it move through my body, let it teach me and come out the other side fresh and new but knowing that also that part of me is going to decay soon enough again so it's like a way of embracing the cycles of life for me that's what dance is and it's been such a healing and exciting and enlivening part of my journey um it gives me peace to be honest and it gives me it gives me a lot of power it gives me a lot of love it gives me um I don't know, I'd love to hear how you feel about it too, because I feel like for me, dance is at the core of everything I do. I was writing about this the other day and it's like everything I create usually comes from embodiment. I'll be running or I'll be dancing and that's when the post will come through or the offering will come through. It's like dance is the umbilical cord. <laughs> it seriously is and I, I love, like you said, how poetically you put that. Um, and I totally resonate with everything you're saying. It's dances has always been the one constant in my life. Like mm. I've evolved and like we all evolve and change, but as you know, I've evolved and changed a lot, especially since my awakening started a couple years ago. And it's been so up and down and, I feel like the one thing I'm like going to start crying that hasn't changed is that I love to dance. Like I love to dance. I love to move my body and it's always there for me. <laughs> and it can like say the things that I can't mm. say out loud. I didn't even expect it. It's of course, cause I'm with you. It's like the magic, but like, I didn't even, it's like the beginning of the podcast and I'm like already in tears, but, um, but yeah, it's this beautiful form of expression and like way that I release all that trauma and all that shit. And, and it's what I do and I'm happy too. And it's like the no judgment zone. Yeah. Mm. I love that. And I was feeling like my heart, not quite yet the tears, they, they're coming, they're coming already. I feel it too, but like heart tears because you articulate it so well. It's like, especially with that last piece around judgment, I find that, you know, there can be a lot of talk about self-love and self-love, but when you really like be with your body and dance and let the body talk, I feel like it's such a rapid accelerated space of what does it actually fully mean to accept yourself and not judge yourself it's um especially in a culture where we're so in our heads and historically like there's been a lot of like thinking and thinking and structuring and planning and to say okay body i'm gonna dance with you and notice what comes up and um 
accept and love deeper right in the middle of it all. And um, it really touched me as well when you said that it's always been there. And it's so cool, right? Because like before your awakening or before we hit certain levels and stages of development, it's it's there. And it's like, oof, we're so poetic together to me. It's like, <laughs> it's like the dance just takes on new octaves. It's like the body is... I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I feel like we're tripping right now, but. <laughs> I love it. Let's keep going. <laughs> the body is like, right. So I could have been dancing at see, We could have been dancing as six-year-olds, right? And the body's just fun and flowing, but our state of consciousness was different. Our stage of development was different, but then you dance as a 14-year-old. And then it's like a way of expressing. Oh, and then this makes me think of like energy and chakras. It's a way of expressing where your vibration is currently at without having to put it in words, without having to think about it. And also realizing that you're allowed to be a multitude of expressions. You know, one day I dance and I can't get off the floor and my dancing is just me like on my back, like moving my arms because I'm deep in a puddle. And then some days my dancing is energetic and dynamic and jazzy. It's like, it's an expression of, what our vibration internally is doing. Mm. Wow, I love that. It's so true. And like the way that we move can reflect our inner world at that specific moment in time, um, mm. the way that music does. And yeah, if I like to find music, and I know you do too, that reflects kind of where you are in that moment. And a lot of the music I use is actually from your <laughs> playlist, your specific playlist um, dance, because it has like that spectrum of, okay, well, I'm feeling really happy and I'm gonna jump around or I'm feeling really angry and angsty and I wanna do a lot of sharp angular movements and, um, mm -hmm. oh, it is so powerful and you actually, it's like you knew where I was going because I was going to ask you about, you know, chakras along with dance and, and how dance can help to balance different chakras and maybe ways that it does that, especially mm -hmm. the root. Yeah, totally. Um, and I see a natural overlay with this too, with the chakras, we can keep in mind that for those of you who are listening maybe as well, who enjoy human design, um, this also can correlate to your centers. And that's something that I've been really deepening in my work with, especially in the program I've been running called Temple of Honey, um, which is an embodiment program for women going to their unique centers. But with dance and energy medicine, with our chakras, it's, think about a chakra, right? It's again, it's like we can, talk about what a chakra is okay so this is the heart chakra this is what it does we can really like intellectualize it but the actual imprint of a chakra is it's energetic it's felt it is invisible right it doesn't it's not talking it's expressing and that's the beauty of dance dance is like i'm not like so i move my hand like this so that means that i was in this kind of space it's a it's a transmission so I feel like dance is such a powerful gateway into our chakras because it's dropping into dropping us into more of that cerebral right brain state, which is how can my body be an expression of what my experience is without words, without needing to intellectualize it and left brain it. So with movement and chakras um, and centers, especially the root, 
I think first and foremost, it is, and like, the, I, I find that the beauty of all motion, and I, I would love to hear your opinion on this, Sydney, is that it seems to always come from stillness. So when working with the chakras and movement, like first bringing the presence and the stillness to your root, maybe that's like putting a hand over your pelvis or having a straight spine and really feeling your, the, um, like your butt on the ground, like whatever it is that can allow you to really feel your root energy, be with what's there and then notice from that stillness what's coming. Is there agitation? Is there like a flowiness and a kind of like scattered nature or a, a, um, a wispy nature where you just feel like you're flying around and you can't feel your root? And then I think the beauty is moving with what's there. You know, like just be in it, it will change. But in particular, let's say with human design and the root chakra and the root center, something that's really fun to play with is if you have an open root, what is it like to let your root flow with openness and fluidity and to move your hips and swivels and maybe even like running across the room, like from one place to the next and feeling what it is to be free from the earth and in your own like energetic root and then if you have a defined root what is it like to really root down and maybe like stomp or twerk or like feel your root power like physically like going down into the earth um that's something that i play with sometimes and i think regardless of what your definition is in your human design chart it's fun to explore because you do you have an open root sydney I have an open root. Mm -hmm. yeah so we have open roots so like to and both of our dancing, you can see it. We take on that, like we're flowing and we're jumping and we're dancing and it's powerful. But I also know that I get a lot of um, physical nourishment and support from my root chakra if I'm needing to ground when I let myself just like twerk or I let myself just like stomp in the same place and like feel my root energy connect down to the earth. Um, that's really powerful. So. I think it's always, it all comes from subtlety is what it seems like. If we can be still with it first and just tune into that part of our body without even thinking about the chakras and the chants and the mantras that go with it, just like the basics. Like, okay, put your hand on your freaking pelvis. What do you feel? If you don't feel anything, okay. You don't feel anything. That's still a feeling. That's numbness. That's a feeling. Um, and then inviting motion and movement and seeing what stirs it's um yeah maybe you have more to add to that but that's what I've got <laughs> yeah I resonate so much with like everything you said and I don't want to lose what I was going to say but the first thing was like when you said you kind of feel you know your your root first for example and then you move you really validated what I do when I turn on a song and before I start dancing I'll stand kind of still and I'll do a little like kind of swaying thing. And then I just see like where my body wants to go from there. Um, so taking that moment of pause is something that I realized. I didn't realize that I do mm -hmm. until you said that uh, to kind of feel out, okay, what kind of movement feels right in this moment. So it's so cool to have like that named. Mm. And then I also didn't think about how like open versus closed root, how if it's open, it's more of the like flowy hip movements. Um, 
and then when you're defined, it's more of the groundedness. Um, because I definitely do more, like you said, we do more of the flowy movements. Um, but I remember in one of our sessions, I'll never forget this. Um, so I had a lot of, I've been having a lot of activation in my crown, um, which is defined, you know, because of coming into more of my spiritual gifts. And so there's a lot of activity and you had said to me, um, when we did a, the Akashic Records session, um, that like the, the guides were telling me that I needed to like shake my butt more, like twerk more mm -hmm. to like balance out the activity that was happening up at the crown. Um, can you like speak to that a little bit and kind of the, maybe the mechanism, I guess? Yeah, totally. I love that. <laughs> um, um, so if you visualize the body, right? So we're looking like dead on at a body or your body and you can visualize like, I mean, different systems and cultures have a different philosophy around the chakras, how many there are. Some have seven, some have nine, some have 14, some have 22, but let's go with the seven chakra system. And you visualize those discs, one over the pelvis, one over the sacral, the solar, the heart, the throat, the third eye and the crown. Now, the way they work actually is that there is um, like a spiral that links them all. And the way it moves is that the first chakra creates a, um, like a circuit feeding down to, I mean, feeding up to the sixth, the seventh, sorry. So the first one feeds up to the seventh and then it spins in a circle more. The sixth one goes down to the second. And then the fifth one goes to the third. Like it's this, there's this spiral nature. So when we are opening or healing or experiencing activation of one chakra, it, it's like the, the yin and yang. It's the polarizing force. It's the air and the earth. It's the roots and the wings. It's nourished by the grounding of the chakra that is at the lowest bar beneath that. So for example, if we're way too on our root, we can lose connection with our more spiritual nature. If we're way too in our spiritual nature, and we see this a lot, we ha I think I, I try not to use like generalizing terms, but we can see this a lot in the spiritual community. Like if you're all in the top chakra, you, all of a sudden you're broke or you're living on the streets or you can't, you know, this or that, or you just, okay, I'm going to be a breathitarian and you end up in the hospital because you didn't do it right. You didn't like get the right nourishment and grounding. So the way it works is they go hand in hand. So it's also like, I love this so much. I mean, I can already feel myself getting activated talking about it because it's also a bridge of like the sacred and the profane. And I even think of it in terms of our sexual and sexual expression. Like, you know, it's like the whore or the virgin. And you think of it like that. It's like when we only, when we pedestal the upper centers, we lose the potency and the depth and the power of our lower chakras and centers. So, uh, yeah, with that, with you, like, really having this crown opening, it's like, yes, you could have a huge opening, and it could be profound, but maybe you get fried, because your physical body wasn't able to contain all of that energy. But if vice versa, you're working with the root at the same time, it's like you're expanding your physical container to hold this energetic um, upgrade. And, you know, a perfect example today, 
I, because this is happening on a daily basis for all of us, and if we're aware of it, it's like there's almost more responsibility. So um, over the past few days, especially around the full moon, I, I really got pulled deep into some like, like subconscious realms of doing some shadow work and upper crown stuff for sure. Like I was doing a lot of like subconscious rewriting and it was, I couldn't avoid it. I was like in the cave, it was deep. And today I broke through and I wasn't expecting it. It was just like, there was a light and I was like, oh, okay, that's metabolizing now. And my energy was so high and my crown was buzzing. And then I was like, okay, enjoy this for a while. And then I like, even though everything in me wanted to go up, 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 I was like, all right, I'm gonna set aside 15 minutes right now and I'm going to sit and I'm going to do some pranayama. I'm going to do some breathing. I'm going to really feel my root on the earth because that, that allows us to have sustainable energy. And I speak about this and you, you can probably relate to me from experience because I have a pretty active crown as well. And that can just shoot me up, but then I'm burnt and then I'm fried for like three weeks. And I'm like, what the hell just happened? So yeah. we want to use both of them so that we can have a sustainable um, strong robust container and also be able to use this energy to serve others right because when we can contain it whether we're at the grocery store walking down the street working with our clients we're giving off an energy that's feeding the people around us and feeding you know making our contribution to the collective is how i see it so yeah <laughs> oh i love it thank you so much for painting that really beautiful picture it, it makes so much more sense to me just hearing you describe the chakras in that way and, and how there's that balance we need, you know, to not be too up here and not to be too grounded and just to kind of be in that um, space and then also like flowing between the two. Mm -hmm. And yeah. this actually made me think of something that I'm curious your um, perspective on. So you eat plant mostly plant-based, is that right? Yes, I thrive when I'm mostly plant-based. I've coined a term for myself. I don't, I don't think I've originated it, but it's just kind of what I go by. Um, flexitarian is what I like to say, uh, or intuitarian, because I always trust my body. Um, but I do notice that when I am highly plant-based, my energy is much more clear for me to read and work with. And I also do think that, you know, this is just coming through now. I think the nature of the work we do, and I think it's so unique for all of us, what nourishment is gonna support us best. And it changes for me. Like there was a time in my life where, for like 10 months, I was fully raw, just raw fruits and vegetables, no nuts, no oils. Like, even though those are raw, like it was just fully fruits and veggie. And it was amazing. And it allowed me to have so many spiritual awakenings and shifts and changes and incredible experiences. Um, and I noticed at times when I have had meat, which sometimes I do in this past winter, I was having it. If my body felt called to it, it's when I was um, needing the support of that grounding and more of my root energy but I think that with the nature of work when it's very linked to like energy and energy medicine I find personally that I can tap in more accurately to others and working with others and opening up my 
energy when I'm highly plant-based. Um, and I do always like to just notice what foods do I feel happiest and most vibrant after eating. And most times that does tend to be when I'm highly plant-based, but I'm not averse to meat. Um, and I just always trust my body to be honest. And I get good sources of it if I'm going to have it. Um, but I'm, I like to trust my intuition on that. Yeah. Um, you spoke to something that I was going to ask your perspective on, which is, um, how our body can tell us what it needs based on if it needs more grounding or if it needs, I guess the opposite would be, I don't know, what would you call it? <laughs> if you're not grounded, you're, I don't want to say ungrounded, but more kind of in the ethers. I, I don't know. Maybe more like elevation. Okay. Yeah. Because something I've noticed that um, has been happening over the past, I would say a couple of months is my body not wanting um, meat um, as yeah. much or if any at all. So I've been mostly plant-based and not craving meat and not really having a desire for it. And it just, it's so interesting to me because in talking to other people about it, there's this consensus that as you awaken more and, you know, come into your gifts and channeling and reading that you just kind of naturally don't want it as much. And yeah. it's funny because it challenged everything I thought I knew about, mm -hmm. you know, food and what my body has wanted in the past and, you know, protein intake, just all these things. It's really taught me to just like kind of lean into it. So totally. yeah, I guess what, I mean, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but like what is your... Well, I, I have something coming up there. Okay, yes. great. Yeah. Uh, well, especially when you said that last bit, as you come more into your spiritual gifts and raising your energy and all of those things, well, you see that your body isn't a, a physically dense thing. You know, it's not just like back in the primitive ages where it's like, must have food so I can hunt, fuck, produce babies, kill, sleep. Like, you know, like we are, we're, as we evolve our bodies evolve and our body's needs evolve. And we are highly energetic beings, highly energetic beings. And I just think of when I was, um, so that's actually where I can never really say where my journey began because it's, it's just, I find it really pointless to say that. Cause I'm like, well, it began there. Oh, but it also began there. But I'm like, well, it began when I was born. It's like, it probably began before that. <laughs> but I was super into health from a really young age. I was, and I refused to have me like, I think I, there was only one type of meat I would eat, but it was super random. But like, I would just like, I don't want meat, don't want red meat, don't want to touch it. I wouldn't eat it when mom brought it up for dinner. And I was like, just always naturally gravitated towards like the veggies at the family parties. I would just like eat from the veggie trays all day and eat all the fruit, um, go around taking people's oranges from their waters or whatever. Like I was just that kid who loved it. And I thought I was going to get into health. So I studied and got like a herbal and um, like a herbal detoxification certification and um the stories i had witnessed of people who actually had real life experiences and the man who i studied under the vibrational capacity of the body to heal is so powerful 
and food is vibration. So, and this is measured in laboratories and by sciences, like different foods have different vibrations. Meat has a very, very low, low vibration. It's dead flesh, but a raw apple or fruits or broccoli, like they have this higher vibration, especially berries and lemons. They, and you can even, even as you say it, as an, when I say it, I can hear it. Like, I can, like when I say berries or when I say like cow meat, like I just, I hear a difference. I feel a yeah. difference in my body. Um, and our bodies are energetic vessels. And this is something that I've just been proven time and time again. And I've seen and witnessed and heard so many people talk and share about this as well. You know, if you're feeling really low energy and if you're talking to yourself mean, right. And if you're really hard on yourself, I guarantee you're going to look in that mirror and you're going to see bags under your eyes. You're going to feel like, Oh, I just don't love myself. But when you're like, I am such a beautiful being. I love myself. You look in the mirror and you see shining eyes. Like we respond to what we take in on all levels. And food is just a small portion of that. And I think that's what we're finding as we evolve more and more. It's like food is not the end all be all. We don't actually need as much food as we thought we do. Um, our bodies aren't so dependent on all these nutrients as we thought they are to an extent. Yes. And I do think people have different dispositions where they may naturally tend to one or the other, but I do think that food is energy medicine as well, but it's not the only one. And I would say that more important than food is our thoughts. Environment is our connection to nature is the cleanliness of our water. Um, and then food is a vital part of that. So I, I love what you said about when people start to progress more in their path or open up to spirituality, they don't crave meat as much. And I, I think that's such a thing. And maybe if you are craving meat, it's a sign that, I, I don't know, what's coming up for me, and I know this term gets used a lot and there's still some gray area around it, but potentially to some extent when doing like shadow work, I could see that maybe meat could be like a powerful thing. Um, but then again, also if you're doing shadow work, it's probably really great to have high vibe foods to flush out the shadow and to allow it to integrate. But perhaps for a time, if there's been like a lot of deep diving and disseminating and exploring like something about the groundingness of meat. Um, but it is such a deep, complex topic and I, I'm fascinated, but my intuition in my body tells me that the higher plant-based you're eating, the higher vibration you're getting in your body, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, it's so interesting. And um, Christina was where I heard that, you know, kind of as you get to a higher vibration yourself that you tend to want to eat those higher vibrational foods and kind of the other things fall away. And yeah, it's just so interesting to see that in in myself because it I was always one of those people that was like, oh, I don't know how people eat vegan. Like, I could never do that. And surprise, my body is like, oh, no, actually you feel way better and this is what you need. <laughs> so it's just a really cool lesson in, in surrendering and, like you said, being really intuitive with what your body is telling you. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think, like, food is – so easily abused and people's relationships with it get so complicated and you know I'm definitely one of those people you know that's experienced that so it's really it's really interesting what you said about shadow work too because 
I think as I'm kind of moving through the prover- proverbial phases of spiritual awakening, even though they're not necessarily linear, um, as I move more into out of the shadow work phase, like doing all of that inner work, which is never done, mm-hmm. and kind of seeing the transition in my eating from more protein to less is is so fascinating. So yeah, thank you for your perspective on that. It's really neat. Mm. Um, you were talking a little bit about um, like herbs and cacao and um, I'm curious how those um, kind of serve you and, and how you use them. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, even when you ask the question and you say it, my heart just smiles because to me, I, I see them as friends. I see them as allies. I see them as helpers and supports, just like, you know, we have each other as friends and we encounter mentors and guides that support us. We are a mentor or guide for others. These plants and herbs, although in such a gross world things are like um quantified by their physical density they're so powerful in their subtlety they are helpers and teachers so you know i could read about something in a book i could work with a mentor or i could sit with a cup of cacao and let her teach me so i see them as friends and allies and um they're here to support us and it's been like that since the since the dawning of old days like the plant and the plant kingdom and Um, herbs and medicines you know there's so many ancient stories of medicine women and medicine men utilizing what nature provides it's about coming back to nature it's about coming back to our nature and I do feel that working with herbs and learning from them and from plants and plant medicines is such a valuable connection to make and the part they played in my journey is um how do I want to describe this? I feel like you'll get this, Sydney, and maybe a lot of you listening will get this too if you're drawn to, you know, what, what we're putting down here. Um, I sometimes feel like I can relate more to, like, plants and herbs than I can to people. <laughs> <laughs> and I can go out in a forest and, like, Literally, I, I st- sometimes I step in the forest, I start bawling my eyes out, and I'm singing to the wind, and I'm feeling them dance in my hair, and they're, like, responding to my call, and I'm, like, in the ocean, like, manifesting my dreams, or talking to a rose petal, and, like, having this heart activation, and, like, tears coming out of my eyes. Like, I just can go to these places, and I can do it with people, too, like, with you, or with people who are, you know, on a level of wanting to journey to a vibrational emotional depth um but with plants and herbs and cacao and sananga and roses and essential oils it's it's so seamless the the frequency of our connection so for me it's like i learn from these guys and um i remember when cacao first entered my life and again it's like i just maybe you can relate like you hear something and you're like i know i need to do that I know I need to explore that. That's like right now with, <laughs> with this. Yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited. Keep going. <laughs> That's how I've gotten into everything that crossed my path. And I have um, like the channel of the beat 
in human design and that's like this like sense of like there is this beat that is unfolding it's like follow the beat follow the beat and it's almost like I have no say in it I, of course I do it's on some level but and I think it's also like I just like to mix the systems and the languages but like with astrology I have so much Scorpio and it's like magnetizing things to you what's right for you and wrong for you and then exploring intimately and everything that I've really dove deep with I've had that response. So I first heard the word gene keys, which actually opened me up to human design. I was like, mm, what is that? I want to learn more about that. And then I heard someone talking about mine astrology. And I said, hmm, I need to talk about that. Tell me about that. And I just went head first. A really close friend of mine was starting to mention cacao. And it's just like something hooked in my heart. And to me, I see that as these teachers in these plants and herbs and systems saying, hey, come, we've got a secret to tell you. We want, we've got something we want to share with you. And it works on more of the subtle body, which is a part of me that I really relate to. Because as much as I love dancing and being gregarious and bold and like a lioness, I'm such a subtle creature. Like I spend most of my time alone. I spend most of my time like really zen in nature, just doing my thing, reading, writing, processing, whatever it is. So the nature of subtlety that we can get from these Sorry, there's like a truck going by. <laughs> no worries. And a siren. <laughs> it's actually not very, you can't really hear it. Oh, awesome. That's great. Um, yeah, it's like they came along and they helped me grow. Okay, so how, I want to put this in one more way. It's like, you know how in Super Mario, like Mario Kart, and mm -hmm. he like, Mario's going along and like he finds the mushrooms and then he gets like doo -doo -doo -doo, and he like levels up yeah <laughs> that's what I feel with these these herbal helpers and essential oils and sinanga which are these like medicinal eye drops and cacao it's like when I bring my full heart presence to them and sit with them in a ritual like space and open my energy field to them through breath through meditation through prayer through dance through intention they give just as much right back to me and I level up and it's like a again it's a co-creation it's this ecosystem because the stronger I am the more happy they are because they're getting to serve their purpose and then that allows me to go forth and empower others and also teach others so that they can be a part of it and I think this is where it all comes back to nature it's like we are such a part of this sacred ecosystem and we're no different I know it's like oh we look so different than a tree but like essentially we all come from the earth right like yeah. we're just advanced flowers we're advanced trees so these things have um i feel like they have level ups for us yeah i love that so much and i was <laughs> bursting when you were talking about relating to plants and trees and things of nature kind of more than people sometimes um i totally feel that way and I I also get emotional when I'm around the elements and the earth and especially the water and I know that was a lot of what you had nudged me to do you know was go in nature and listen to what messages the trees have for you and how powerful yeah. that has been for me and yeah, I just love what you said, just all of what you said. Um, I'm feeling, you know, called myself to 
you know, look into cacao and, and different herbs. And, you know, I use reishi mushroom now, um, which I love. I drink only, um, reishi mushroom coffee. Um, and going back to the vibration, I can really feel how much higher vibration that organic reishi mold tested coffee is as opposed to, you know, just a regular cup. And so I can't even drink regular coffee anymore. Mm. And it's so amazing, like to actually feel the vibration of like the food or the drink that you're putting in your body um, has really taught me it's so much more than like, you know, the fitness space. It's all all of that kind of mindset about macros and, you know, calorie. It's just like when you kind of are opened up like this, you just can't really see that part of it anymore. Like it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Cause that's like fully when we were talking in this, um, kind of circle, you're so beautifully circling in what we were talking about with the chakras. It's like, if it's all root, which is like, get the abs, get the protein, balance your carbs, protein, fats, like get your BMI. It's like, it's all, that's all root. There's no space there for the crown. So it's like that, that dance and that balance is what I hear you saying. Yeah. And that's so perfect. Cause I also, I feel like we're just like weaving this all together. Like I had this whole list and we're just kind of weaving and it's great, <laughs> but I wanted to talk to you too about like the masculine feminine and what that means. And I also realized mm -hmm. that I was asking you about cacao. So maybe I'll just ask you really quickly about cacao and we'll go to the masculine feminine and how that weaves in. But um, mm -hmm. what kind of cacao do you use? Like how, how do you use it? How do you make it? Um, yeah. Maybe if you feel okay sharing kind of um, ritual you have with it, something like that. Absolutely. I'd love to. This is actually such a funny story. I haven't really outed myself in this way. I hated chocolate growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't touch it. Maybe if it was like a Milky Way, because I, I mostly just wanted the caramel. But I didn't like Oreos. I didn't like chocolate. Like on my birthday, like I was like, please don't get me chocolate cake. Like I just had this aversion to chocolate. And I think I didn't even really get into buying chocolate bars until I went on my gap year at 18 I went to New Zealand and everyone loved these like Whitaker's chocolate bars and I was just like living out of my backpack and somehow I got into a little bit but then really soon like within that year um I met this man in Bali who taught astrology classes and he was doing a cacao ceremony and I was like wow that sounds really cool and I didn't end up going but then I was living in Australia within that next year and he happened to be flying over from Bali and we said hey could you run us a private cacao ceremony and I was like 19 years old, like witnessing this cacao ceremony. I'm like, what is this? My whole world's cracking open. And from that point, I was like, yes, this is something I want to know more about. So cacao, essentially, that we're talking about, because a lot of people are like, what is cacao? Is that cocoa? Is it chocolate? What's the difference? Cacao is 100% pure cacao it's just like pure it's not even chocolate yet it's just the cacao bean so it's grown in lots of different places in the world you can get strains from guatemala from bali from anywhere in the world that has the right temperature and depending on the style you get um 
they can ferment it or not ferment it, but that goes into all the science and the complexities. Essentially, though, it's like 100% pure cacao. And in its essence like this, it has an incredibly high vibration. And I'm really drawn to the Mayan culture. I've been fascinated since I was a little kid about it. And the Mayans saw cacao as, it was called cacao, which is food of the gods. So it was taken in a ceremonial fashion at the top of the pyramids by the jaguar priests in order to induce prophecy. It was fed to the, like the, those of the highest rank. It was this sacred elixir. And it was known as like the blood of the earth. It was just this powerful, potent fuel to allow for the heart to open, to allow for states of consciousness to open. And how cacao can be utilized now, I think is as a, you know, for me, it's, it's a very powerful heart and energy opener. It's such a profound way to, when used in ceremony and intention, and I can take you through a little bit of a, a simple cacao ceremony, yeah. such a powerful way to open up your heart, open up your receptivity, open up to feeling energy more. Um, so the cacao I get, I, I've, I have three different suppliers that I've really like invested in over the, the years. And there's one that I, um, I keep coming back to, which perhaps I could share a link for it, but I actually am launching cacao blends. So that's something that I'm so excited. Is coming up. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh my God. Please tell so me ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. That is so what I do is, for me, it's like the intention is everything. So let's say you're ordering your own cacao. There's lots of sources now. It's getting more and more popular. I say, even from when you open the package, you know, you're ripping it open and like talking on your phone at the same time, like all of it's sacred. It's, you know, it's an invitation to connect to your heart. So opening the package, having this block of cacao, it's like a solid block form is usually how it comes and you get 100% pure cacao. And I like, turn my phone on airplane, have the music going for the whole time. I like, don't let any distractions come in or how much other person will just be like connecting, talking in like a more conscious, sacred way, just like presence and not gossiping or talking about drama or stuff, just like in a, in a good space. Mm -hmm. um, not that, and yeah, I would say dra dra drama and gossip are not good. <laughs> it's like it's safe no. to say that. <laughs> They're low vibe. <laughs> low vibes. Yes. So high vibe or steady neutral vibe and cutting the cacao. It's about two tablespoons is a ceremonial dose, like heaps of tablespoons. I tend to just do less sometimes. I do more. It depends. But I love to blend it. So I put that in my blender. I pour hot water over it. I'll often add a bit of raw honey. I'll often add a bit of reishi, uh, whatever my heart's calling. Sometimes a pinch of sea salt or cayenne, whatever feels right. Um, and blend it up, water that's just beneath boiling, and just like allowing the whole process to be really fun and enjoyable and staying present as, as present as I can. And then pouring it in a cup, this is what I do for myself. And often I'll pull my tarot cards out or my oracle cards. So something that you can do if you have those or if you don't is sitting down, lighting a candle, having your cup of cacao there, and holding the cup and bringing it up to your heart, because it does have a really strong effect on the heart chakra, cacao, and holding it to your heart, breathing with it, 
And if you have a specific intention that you're wanting in your life, so let's say you're wanting to open up to love, let's say you're calling it a sacred partnership, or let's say you're wanting more clarity in your business, or let's say you're praying for better health and strength or to overcome some shadows that you've been facing, just really praying and holding that of love into the cacao, feeling it as if it were a friend, and then taking a sip and going really slowly, pulling a tarot card, writing, dancing, letting yourself be with whatever feels right. Ceremony and ritual, it's, it's simple. It's really simple. And I find that a powerful anchor point is having an incorporation of the elements. So that's the last little piece I'll leave here is like have a little bit of earth, air, fire, and water. You could say the earth is the cacao because it's grown as a plant. Fire could be a candle. Water, what do you think, Sydney? Water could be having a, <laughs> a bowl of water. It could be playing like music with water element in the background or like, essential. Uh, oh, I was going to say dance. Like, like <gasps> yeah. Movement? Yeah, be the water. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. I love that. And then fire could also be that, or it could be, you know, allowing your breath to heat up, like, or getting playful. Cacao is such a, that's the thing too. Like, even as I'm talking about it now, I'm like, what is it that wants to be said? It's, it's cacao is asking me to say something. And it's like, it's about fun. It's about play. And yes, it can be deeply heart rich and you know, potent and spiritual, and it can be dancing and shaking your butt and laughing and singing, like it's a heart opener. So whatever your heart is needing, sometimes that might be tears and crying, and sometimes that might be silliness and playfulness. But I love having a candle element because that's saying this space is set, it's open, the fire's guiding the way. And when you finish, blow the candle out, give a thank you. Um, it's a nice, simple ceremony. Oh, I love that so much. That sounds incredible. I am, I definitely want to start doing that. Um, yeah, if you, if you give me a link or whatever, however many links to different ones you like, and of course yeah. yours when it, when it's available, um, I'd love to explore that and add it to the show notes too. Amazing. Absolutely will do. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I'm, I'm excited to dive into that world. Um, okay. So did you have something else to say about it? I think I'm back. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't really have anything else. I mean, I could have endless things to say, but that feels complete, but I was feeling a, a natural too. I, mean, I recall that you mentioned the masculine and feminine dynamics. Yes. And I feel like there's a really beautiful path from the cacao into that if you Let's want. Let's do it. Yeah? Yeah. So the beautiful thing about cacao as well is that it takes on the vibration of your intention. So a lot of people see cacao as like feminine because it's like your heart and your emotions. But cacao also has the power to be quite earthy and grounding. I mean, it was known as blood of the earth and food of the gods. It's also quite empowering. So when we're looking at the masculine and feminine dynamics, I think such a beautiful way to look at it is like they're coming from the same source and that's the thing like with all the things around masculinity or femininity it's like they actually share the same source they share the same home they're the same plant <laughs> you know and there's not like over here we have the masculine world and over here we have the feminine world first and foremost they are actually so intrinsically interdependent and connected you can't separate the two 
and I think that's something that we're seeing collectively and globally. We're embracing more and more and more, like a lot of the non-binary um, culture shifting that's happening and people having more awareness around these terms. Um, it's amazing because it's like, the reason why there's so much fluidity is because it's, it's all the same. Like the ocean, you know, create, there can be raindrops, there can be ocean, rivers, but it's all water, right? <laughs> so with the feminine and masculine, it's such a, oh, again, we could talk about this for hours, but such a rich, expansive field because it's all within us. We are all of it. We're all of it. And there are times when we can really call upon our masculine energy. And I find that that does tend to be an energy that is, um, it's, it's helpful for us to have some sense of, I just think of like a, a bow and arrow. Like I feel like the masculine energy is that capacity to name and claim and structure and state and go for it and penetrate. And the Shakti or the feminine energy is the capacity to be the space dancing around that, to be the infinite, you know, pool of expansiveness that the arrow can land upon and say, okay, so what are we going to get this time? I feel like our masculine energy is the part of us that is able to direct. That's it. Like this directive energy doesn't always have to mean action, but like, yes, I am directing towards that. And the feminine is the part of us that can entertain the mystery. Um, and I feel both so strong in me. And I feel like we share this, Sydney. Like I, sometimes I feel quite androgynous. And I think most of us probably are to some extent. But I'm like, wow, I can really feel my masculine energy so strong. And I do feel like I'm a sacred steward to the feminine in this lifetime. Here to be a custodian of feminine wisdoms and teachings. But what that actually looks like, it's, I think it's a continual dance. And like the same with the chakras, if we're all in one, there's naturally gonna be an imbalance. So that, that juicy dynamic flow of, okay, what feels like my masculine energy? Oh, when I'm really like moving my body with an intention, like, yes, I like dancing with power and direction and like this kind of, Hmm. like a penetrating quality like I am putting my energy out into the world and the feminine it's like oh I'm drinking in the energy I'm dancing without any intention I'm flowing and I'm free um, again I do find it sometimes challenging to talk about these because it's just so it feels like such luminal space I don't know if you know what I mean but <laughs> I can't tell you how seen I feel right now <laughs> like with everything you just said um yeah, I'm just like taking a moment because I feel like this is one of those things where yet again, you're delivering a message to me that I like needed to hear. And I'm so grateful because you, you always validate me <laughs> like in a way that is so powerful and what you're saying about, you know, feeling both so strongly inside of you like I feel the same way and as you know to the point where it kind of created some confusion for me and this isn't really something that I've talked about um very 
I guess, publicly, but I'm, you know, getting more comfortable sharing, but kind of this, this internal struggle with like, you know, being a non-binary person, which is kind of how I identify now and really feeling those energies so strongly. And, and I think the way that you put it was just like, yeah, feeling like my masculine so strong, but then also feeling that I'm, like you said, this vessel for divine feminine wisdom and like being, being the, being a feminine vessel, um, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And like for so long, as you know, I've been trying to make sense of like, okay, what is happening here? And like you said, feeling kind of this androgyny and society kind of making it this like thing that isn't okay, quote unquote, but it's Mm -hmm. like actually, obviously it's 150 million percent okay, but that this has been a thing for centuries and different cultures recognize, you know, that it's such a gift to um, have both energies be so balanced and strong and, you know, what we call, you know, non-binary trans is revered. Oh my God, it's 111 uh, here as I'm saying that. I just, Mm. yes, this is so on point. (laughs) I just noticed as I was talking. I love that. Um, But that it's really this gift, you know, that we have to be these beings that can really understand like the spectrum of human being. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. I love that. And I feel you entirely. And I think a lot of people will be able to resonate and relate with that. And um, so much is changing. So much is changing. And I think that, I don't know, maybe getting a little deep, but I think the the collective or whoever was ruling over the collective and wanting power over the collective would have benefited a lot through this separation, saying, no, this is men, this is masculine, this is female, this is feminine. Know your territory and don't overstep. And it's like, if we look at it that way, we are continually in this space of feeling like we're not complete. And you know, this is a lot of the, a lot of the dogma and brainwash that we've received around love and you know relationships like you have to have your other half it's like what if you are all of it and we're actually celebrating in interdependence it's like you you Sydney are you and you've got all of you in you and that's so fucking amazing and I am me and hey let's come together and co-create something beautiful like as sovereign powerful beings ready to create a powerful world and I think that's what we're seeing there's this balancing of energy it's like no there's you are all of it and you're all of it and like trees right like think of a tree you're like that is a female tree or a male tree I mean I'm sure people who get super <laughs> scientific like sure I'm sure you can notice but it's like we're all of it we're all of it and we can pull from them and to be honest like I find this so sexy and stimulating for my own life I'm like oh I'm feeling like I want to like pull on my masculine today and even today I'm wearing like like a man shirt and like I'm just feeling all like in my like man energy and I'm like yes my masculine is so happy to be like because a lot of the time I'm super in my feminine I'm flowing I'm writing I'm creating and it's like 
to be able to know that we can pull from these qualities within us like archetypes and have the freedom to flow. Yeah, I just, I, again, I, I love the way that you described all of that and it is so validating and I hope, I'm, I, I hope that someone listening, like I'm getting emotional because it's like so close to my heart, but I hope that somebody listening like could find some peace in, in what we're saying because I truly have struggled very privately for so long with, um, and still do embracing all parts of me and, and embracing the masculine and feminine, the, you know, not fitting into what society's boxes are and, you know, being classified one way or another for whatever reasons. And like, I just really hope that someone can find some peace and knowing that like all of you is like Kelly said, complete within you and not in a cliche way, like in a really all of you is complete. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for like, I'm so glad we dove into that. It's like, you knew where I wanted to go today, kind of just in every respect, it's all been weaving together, um, as I said before. So it's, this is really neat to experience yeah. with you. It feels like a journey that we're on in this conversation. Um, yeah, I feel that too. And I love how our energies flow together. And I, I feel that naturally too, like you would share and something would spark in my heart and that, um, that beautiful flow of energy and conversation and connection. It's, I'm super happy to be here. And it's been, I love it. I love you, Sydney. I love you so much, <laughs> Kelly. Um, you're like, oh, you're the best. I just had one more topic. I mean, I have a million, but for time's <laughs> sake. Um, I was hoping to tap a little bit into, um, you know, mediumship and kind of connecting with loved ones who've passed on. Um, mm. I actually received um, a couple questions around that from uh, from a friend who wanted me to ask you about it. Um, so, yeah, she asked, you know, what tangible ways do you recommend for people to connect with those who've passed on? Yeah. Into the spirit world. And I know this is a huge part of you and me as well. So I, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it has been a big part of our journey together and it's been a big part of my own life. And again, maybe I chalk it up to all that Scorpio on my chart, but I, I was around death from a really young age and lost really like big hitter people in my life and just like taught like it was just one after the other from quite a young age and the beauty of that is that it allowed me to open up to um the gateway that death is and the connection that we can have to these people and i think the first step to being able to connect is trusting yourself um from my experience and from my knowledge and what i've learned 
and felt firsthand is that they're actually so ready to connect with us. <laughs> those in the spirit realms, those who have, uh, you know, transcended the physical, they're everywhere. They're so ready. They're so ready to connect with us. And often it's our openness. It's our sense of receptivity. So I think the first thing is, do you trust yourself? Asking yourself that question. Do I trust myself? Do I trust myself to handle what comes through? Am I scared? Am I nervous? And it's okay if you are. It's okay to feel that. But knowing that they are so ready and that really asking yourself, am I ready? And then the second thing is asking. Um, making a very clear request. And a lot of people talk about this, especially in like manifestation, right? Because I can even see like kinds of manifesting it's like oh if i speak it into reality it's going to come because it's a vibrational match and it's like sometimes we forget that it's the same for our ancestors it's the same for those who have left this realm physically like it's it's the same it's the same energy it's it's a law of attraction so saying you know dad or the spirit you know the spirit of dad like i want to hear from you i am so ready to hear from you within like you know the next four hours please give me some kind of sign that you're here and you're around me and then be open. So this is where our part comes into play is, are you having practices every day that allow you to be open and receptive? It's hard to connect to our loved ones that have passed if we are inundated with noise and technology and constantly taking in, consuming, consuming, consuming stimulus. So having space in your life for silence and stillness is where they come through. And often that's how it is. Even if people aren't living a lifestyle where they have a lot of space for silence and stillness, all of a sudden they're on a walk one day and they just smell their grandmother's perfume. It's like, oh, because you were giving yourself a moment. But when you consciously start creating those moments for stillness and you intentionally call them in, they will show up. And it's a muscle that you work with. And you could say it's like a muscle of psychic development that, again, we all have the energetic capacity for. So I would say creating time for stillness, trusting yourself to be able to hear, because I know it can feel like, oh my God, I really want to talk to my father that passed away or my grandmother that passed away or my friend, but then something happens and maybe get a bit spooked and get a bit scared, right? Which is totally fine, but it's about trusting yourself and trusting that the universe is benevolent. They want to talk to you. It's, it's a good thing. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to hear what they have to say. And creating the space for it to come through. Asking, being direct. That's what I do now, and it works. <laughs> I'll be on a walk through, you know, by the ocean, or I'll be rollerblading. I'm like, all right, dad, I really need to hear from you. Can you please send me? And then I see a man who has the exact same smile as him, and we share a beautiful exchange. I'm like, whoa, that guy looked like my dad, and we just had a smile, or I just saw something that he really loved, and um, that's also where the trust comes in because a lot of our culture has benefited previously from shutting down those things. Oh, you're wacko, you're crazy. That's just a coincidence. It's like, no, it's not. And I can trust that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like, I totally resonate with what you're saying, especially like the piece of trusting yourself. And I think that a lot of people feel that way. It's like, oh, did I make that up? Or was that a, was that them? Like, or did I make up that thought in my head? And that's definitely something I'm learning to do is really trust 
the messages I'm getting, however they want to come through. Um, yes. And, and noticing, and I'm sure other people relate, kind of the impatience of, you know, wanting to connect with loved ones or spirit guides and being like, well, nothing's happening and like getting disappointed and, and sometimes really sad about it. Um, but keeping in mind that it is a relationship that is being built and putting aside how I think it should show up mm-hmm. or comparing yeah. it to how it shows up for others. Yeah, absolutely. That comparison piece is big because it's actually such a, again, this is very like Scorpio territory, eighth house, the hidden, the occult, the taboo. And there's a secret of nature to it. And it is sacred. It's sacred work. And it's a very, I do feel it's a very personal process. Unless, you know, you're someone like us who is here to support people to understand that process more. Let it be your own little sacred secret. I think that's also been a huge way that I have been able to connect and tap in and support and, you know, hear about and in any way just kind of, give advice to others to tap in is because I have let it be such a sacred thing in my heart and seen it as that and been very careful about who I talk to and about. And um, Mm -hmm. like you said, it is, it's a growing thing. It grows and it takes time. And something that came up for me when you said that too, Sydney is like, we can ask them questions, be like, okay, so I'm really wanting to connect with this friend that passed away. You can even ask them, be like, Hey, and can you like give me some insights somehow on ways that I could connect to you more and let it go? And then maybe you'll notice that you see something and you feel something and you're like, oh, wait, that used to be Anne's favorite cafe. Maybe I'll go sit there and write. Like, just let it come. Like you said, we can think in our head, like the impatience, why isn't it happening yet? Let it come. And in the meantime, just care for yourself and do good things for yourself. And yeah, maybe go to places where you have memories with that person or play music of that person. These can also trigger. Um, But again, it's not something we can chase. It's got to be something that we let come in. Yeah. I'm definitely learning that myself. Um, And how if we go about it with the energy of trying to make it happen or chasing it, that it's only going to that energy is only going to drive it kind of further away or just not allow it to come through. Mm. So definitely learning that (laughs) as I connect with my guides more. Um, Well, I am so grateful that you came on my podcast and and that we had this amazing conversation that really did feel like this beautiful journey unfolding. And my heart feels so full and um, yeah, I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much. Um, I, I like to ask um, my, my guests, you know, are there any messages that you would want people to leave this conversation with? to take with them. Mm, I'm gonna see what comes from my heart. Mm. <laughs> this, 
I don't know where this is coming from, but it just, it's, my intuition's just booming it through. It's just saying it so loud from my heart. And it's, um, let's see where it goes, but the message is be your own sun, like sun in the sky. Mm-hmm. Like be your own sun, be your own sun. Find what makes you feel like gold what makes you feel so much love and warmth, whether it's an activity or a hobby or a person or a craft or music, let it fill you and feed you. And wherever you go, you'll carry that sunlight. Even if it's dark, even if it's shadowy, even if you're in a tough place, it's okay. And you have everything you need to be your own son. And good things will always find their way to you doesn't mean you always have to be bright and happy but be your own son <laughs> I love that so much I've been maybe someone needed to hear that but <laughs> well I drew the sun yesterday actually and then I drew it like a few days before that so I'm just like totally rocking the sun like vibe so I love it love thank it. you that's so amazing <laughs> um <laughs> can you please tell people where they can find you and connect with you Yes. Um, So I have a YouTube channel and that's called When the Stars Aligned. Uh, I have a Instagram page, When the Stars Aligned underscore. So it's A-L-I-G-N-E-D, aligned, with an underscore at the end. And um, those are the places where I predominantly share. And I do lots of different, lots of different things and continually evolving and expanding. But those are the two places where I show up the most. Yes. And I highly recommend everyone give you a follow on both because you share such heartfelt, soulful, and valuable wisdom about so many different things. And I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for coming on. Thank you so much, Sydney. My heart is overflowing like a big old sun. (laughs) 